Sean's Basement podcast slash broadcast. This is going to be the episode that comes out the day before Christmas Eve. That is so exciting. We've been doing this show for so long now. I'm so happy about that. And uh, how are you celebrating? If you celebrate Christmas, let me know. Uh, I'm very excited. A lot of people are are bummed out that the holiday season this year is is so low-key and you got to do stuff with your... Only your immediate family. Well, let me tell you, I, for one, am thrilled because Thanksgiving and Christmas have always been dreaded holidays once the family comes over, in my opinion. So this is wonderful. This is beautiful. I am so excited to not have to entertain people. I mean, you know, my idea of a utopian day would be me wearing sweatpants all day and having no obligations to anyone or anything. You get to tell me that (laughs) on Christmas I get to do exactly that? Sounds like a dream come true if you're asking me. How are you celebrating? I hope you're social distancing slash at least following the COVID guidelines somewhat. Um, Yeah, I mean, a lot has happened in... uh, in the two weeks since last episode. Oh yeah, I have, uh, that's, that's the thing. I didn't even really talk about that. Um, last week I started working again, uh, a very inconsistent hours, but very fun job. Uh, so this is me plugging, uh, the new and awesome music shop in Nyack, New York. If you're native to the Rockland County area, um, I just started working at, uh, the rock shop, which just recently opened up last week on Wednesday. And because of that, that's also why I didn't get an episode out because it totally slipped my mind that days are things and time is still existent, whether I like it or not. Um, but yeah, so, uh, that was a really cool, a cool fun day for me. You should absolutely check out the rock shop in Nyack, New York. I believe that is 120 main street, Nyack, New York for, uh, music lessons and, sales of any instruments and gear i personally tested out all of the guitar pedals and tuned all of the guitars and i can tell you that they are amazing but enough of my rambling let's get into some tunes for this week shall we so since it is a christmasy episode i'm gonna i'm gonna play some holiday music but not the holiday music that you've already heard a million times uh let's play for the first track for today uh my friend john zinnan who i go to pace with one of the most beautiful human beings that i've ever met uh just released his debut song and it's a christmas song how fitting so we're gonna go right ahead and play john's track and then uh we've got a really fun interview with some really cool some really cool tunes coming up uh i was really excited to do the interview for this week's episode i'm not even gonna front has nothing to do with christmas absolutely nothing to do with christmas but uh, it was a really fun episode, and we're going to kick off this episode with the Christmas theme. So, I have rambled so, so very long, um, and I'm already tired of my own voice. So, let's, uh, let's, let's play that track. This track is called For You, A Christmas Love Song by John Zinnan featuring Ethan Tampas and Grace Bourne. Beautiful song, beautiful holiday season. So, let's kick it off with, uh, with some John Zinnan for your, for your soul tonight. Asking who's next in line But the only thing I need this Christmas Is to call you mine The lights are bright and 
together baby here and now let's go caroling through the chilly town and we'll go on our sleigh ride and i want to hold your hand let me be your man because this feeling's getting stronger for all you for you for you To hold your hand, oh baby Baby, ooh The yellow dim lights will begin to shine So let's take it slow, baby You and I Mistletoe with me, myself and mine This Merry Christmas You and I together, baby, here and now Let's go caroling through the chilly town And we'll go on Ashley Ride Together, baby, here and now Let's go caroling through the chilly town And we'll go on our sleigh ride And I, I wanna hold your hand I'm gonna be your man Cause this feeling's getting stronger For all you We're alone together, baby We're alone together, baby We're alone together, baby together baby we're alone together baby we're alone together baby we're alone together baby we're alone together baby It is just now hitting me that this is going to be episode 23 coming out on December 23rd how's that for some weird synchronicity bullshit that I don't know if I believe in or not but it sounds cool. We're going to run with it. We're going to roll with it. Once again, that track that you just listened to was For You, a Christmas love song by John Zinnin. I love John. I miss John. Uh, I didn't get to see him this semester at Pace. I think he's currently doing community college. In the meantime, he's a theater major, so not much you can do in the world of COVID for for acting and for your theater major in a lot of places, unfortunately. I've, I have a lot of friends, actually, who are theater majors and had 
some very unfortunate circumstances for this semester and my heart goes to you that actually that that really does suck um i feel like acting majors got hit ex like especially hard during this um this pandemic uh so john i miss you if you're listening uh i love you come back soon <laughs> i can't wait to see you um and uh let's let's talk a little bit let's talk it's uh december 23rd 23rd episode have we really done this 23 times and i know it's not like I, it's more than 23 weeks because sometimes i suck with my timeline so that's like that's crazy how long have i have i been quarantining in a basement perhaps that's not something that i want to dwell on a rabbit hole i need not go down but Let's talk about the next artist we're going to play. Uh, this one was really fun, actually. Uh, super cool. So I posted uh, on my TikTok. I, I've, I've been quite active on, on TikTok. Uh, anyone who follows me would know I kind of post a lot lately. Uh, and it's been paying off. I'm not going to lie. I'm kind of obsessed with it. It's unhealthy to a level. Uh, just the, the amount of... The, the, the fact that you can post a million times... And you can basically, essentially, you can just shit post, and eventually that'll pay off. That's crazy, man. When I was in like eighth grade on Instagram, I used to shit post on the only account that I had at the time, and people would unfollow me because of that. They're like, "You post too much. I'm tired of seeing your content." I'd be like, "Oh, so you can't post that much? That's what you're telling me, and that's how the Instagram game works. At least everyone's like, yeah, you can't post that much on Instagram.'" So I I stopped. I mean I made I made a finsta like everyone else did back in like 2014, uh, and that's where I shit posted too. And I kind of stopped shit posting on that because I just got I don't know because I turned 18. Um, and ever since that day I never looked back. I'm gonna be 20 soon. That's fucking crazy. But um, yeah no. So TikTok is quite the opposite. You actually are encouraged to shit post on TikTok, which is great. I love it. So many weird, awful, inconsistent things run through my brain. Yeah, I could post a million of those thoughts on an app a day. Go right ahead, me. I do. But yeah, um, my TikTok rant is does have a meaning in uh, today's episode. I posted a recent TikTok. I realized I had actually never promoted this show on my TikTok, and for no intended reason, I just hadn't done it. So I'm like, let's change that. So I made a whole promotion. It got upwards of 23 likes, so that's nothing. But 23 people who I don't know, that's pretty cool in my opinion. It's not a huge, uh, a huge like ratio, but... It is 23 people that have never heard of my show before that now at least know about it, whether or not they're tuning in. Probably not. But one of them will be, and his name is Connor Bahari. I hope I'm pronouncing a last name right, Connor. Uh, and I said, as I tell anyone who makes music, and I will always tell anyone who makes music, um, if you make music, send me your tunes. I am always looking for people to put on this show. Always, 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 always. Because... I mean, I don't, I don't, I mentioned this in my first episode, I haven't really gone back to mention it since, but I should mention it more. The entire reason I started this show is because I myself am a musician, and COVID especially really destroyed my personal life with music, my career, and I am lucky that I'm younger, uh, I'm just in college, so... I'm not relying on music as my main source of income, but I have a lot of friends who are older than me that music is their main source of income. They had found ways to make that work, but a lot of that was reliant on the live music industry, and that's not a thing right now. 
Uh, and that's that's really tough. I mean, the the job that I just mentioned earlier in this episode, my job, the rock shop, was started by my old guitar teacher who was gigging in a Pink Floyd tribute band all across the country before COVID hit. He was making good money. He was ma- able to make a living off of it. And next thing you know, there's no gigs. And it's tough. That's That's incredibly tough. And I... As a musician, I mean, I miss playing shows, but I'm a little luckier knowing that me missing shows, is it's really just my mental health that's suffering. It's not my actual health, too, and my my economic status. I mean, I'm a broke college student, and I will be for at least another two years. Um, then I'll just be another broke youth with student loans, uh, such as life in the U.S. of A., um, but yeah, music's not my main source of income currently. I'd like for it to be someday, but it's not currently. So I didn't really lose anything that drastically as far as the quality of my life. But a lot of my friends did, and a lot of people that I care about a lot. And that's why I started this show. Um, I, I really, I hope that, um, I, I know this isn't a massive show. I know this isn't a show that garners thousands and thousands of views by any means at all, but a stream is a stream and a stream adds to whatever fraction of a dollar we make off of it. And if my show can contribute to a couple of those streams, adding up to those fractions of dollars, then I feel like I did a good job. Um, I want to help people genuinely. Uh, I don't understand. I've met a few people in the music industry that are very competitive and I don't understand that at all whatsoever. I think that is such a dangerous and destructive to yourself way to be. Uh, I think that really, if you uh, if you want to succeed succeed in the music industry, and I feel like in a lot of a lot of um, areas in life, you have to help people, and not as it's a, it's not a chore, it's it's a joy. I mean, I've had some friends who released music around the same time as me, and some of their tracks are in the thousands now, and that's awesome. I'm so happy for them, and it's cool that I get to have that story of like, oh yeah, I remember. When that person released this song, it was around the same time my song came out, and I remember like us talking about our releases, and now they're doing so well, and that's amazing. That's such a cool thing, and honestly, I think it's just such a beautiful thing to be along for anybody's journey, if it's an upward journey. Um, and I, I hope that I can contribute to that in any way. Uh, I know I'm not going to be like, massive streams dumped onto my song from this. I'm not, I'm not that, but... But I do know people, and some people listen to my show, uh, and consistently so, but some people do, and people that maybe haven't heard your song before. So if you want more people to listen to your music, I can tell you that I know at least a few real people who will listen to your music as a result of the episodes that I put up. Uh, And also, thank you to the people who do listen to my show. I didn't even realize how many people were listening, but yeah, it's really cool. It's it's cool to know that what I'm doing is at least helping somewhat, somewhere. Uh, And I hope it helps, I hope it helps more. Um... In 2021, I plan to help a lot more, and I hope that my Spotify um, recorded data of songs that I listen to will be more independent artists this upcoming year and not as much my band, because I'm very tired of being my own top song. <laughs> but yeah, um, so yeah, let's let's uh, let's talk about Connor, who uh, who just sent me his music. Um, we're gonna play. Connor Bahari's music, who reached out to me via email uh, in relation to the post I made on my TikTok. So thank you so much for reaching out. This song is called Goober Flipper Cooler. Really fun song, and I hope you guys dig it. (laughs) 
does not get you dancing on your feet absolutely nothing will because i listened to that song for the first time in my comfortable bed around 3 a.m in the morning and then i got under i got out from under my covers and started tapping my toes because that song is a banger thank you so much Connor bahari for sending me your music through my tiktok now i know it yields results which is so fun for me uh, Connor just recently released an entire album that that song is off of, so you should absolutely check out the rest of it. He is on Spotify. That's Connor Bahari, C-O-N-N-O-R-B-E-H-A-R-Y, Connor Bahari. Thank you so much for sending me your tunes, Connor, and I hope I help out a little bit. And let's get into the interview segment of tonight's episode. I am so excited about this one. I got to sit down with Jariah Clare of his own uh, artist project, Jariah I think this guy is so fucking talented, and I was so excited to sit down with him. So here you go, coming up right now, Jariah. Hey everyone, welcome back to another interview segment of today's episode. I'm here with Jariah Clare. I am so excited to do this interview. I really am. I, I've actually I've wanted to reach out for you uh, to you for a while, and I actually saw a really cool thing. Um, you recently did an interview with Good Noise Podcast, right? Yeah. <laughs> That is so cool to me because um, 
Good Noise podcast interviewed my band over the summer and then a little bit, I, I want to say in September. Um, and I like, we follow them on like socials and stuff. And I saw you and like, it was like the day after I had found your music on Quadio. I was like, yo, oh. that is so sick. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. I, did, I had no idea. That's awesome. Yeah. Such a small world. Um, so my first question is kind of a loaded one, but um, how would you describe your, your um, creative journey? Like, how would you um, describe what you create? Um, like Process-wise or just like how would I describe like the music itself? Your sound, because I also know you do art too. Um, I, I had a chance to check out your portfolio a little bit, which is so cool. Um, yes, of course. So yeah. How, how would you like describe your sound? Sound? I would say biggest word probably is like maximalist. Um, definitely like theatrical is something I, I try to strive for. And, um, I would like, I feel like I need like a third word. Two words feels not the right amount. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Two words is fine. Uh, yeah, no, I, I did, like I said, I, I had a chance um, before this to check out your, your portfolio and you just like, I really, um, I, I vibe with the, like the red aesthetic of just like, it, it reminds me of um, at least like the way, the way I, um, the first song that I heard from you was your song, was it Knives Are Dangerous? Um, so like, it just, it had such an awesome, like horror aesthetic to it. And I like that a lot. I think that's super cool. So um, the theatrical um, side of your music is super cool. So like where it is like, I, I know you're, uh, I think at least uh, from your page, you're a MyChem fan, right? Yes. Favorite bands. Love Amazing. Bands. So, so yeah. So like is, uh, what are your, like some of your like biggest influences? Let's see. I mean, MyChem is probably the biggest one. Definitely. I mean, learning about like them was life changing. <laughs> um, besides that, I mean, there's like Panic at the Disco huge huge influence for me system of a down um I, I love their you know like very theatrical stuff they've always sort of like been very different from a lot of the other like metal and new metal stuff out there um i love like pop music electronic music like skrillex was like one of my first like favorite artists and i think that's always kind of stuck with me you know stuff like that um yeah i mean there's there's too many to count but things like that for sure I totally respect that. And uh, System is also one of my favorites too. So I love that. That's so cool. Um, and also a really cool thing that I noticed, uh, I check out your YouTube channel a little bit. So I really respect how much stuff you have up there because that's something that like I, as a, as a musician, I always struggle with that because like, we have a YouTube channel on my band's page and I have posted one behind the scenes thing and it's like not cohesive at all. And it's just like, super that's something i neglect a lot so i noticed um you put up around march a video of like a behind the scenes video of you shooting like a music video right before new york city went into a lockdown and that is so cool like that is uh i think that's going to be like this is like this really cool like preserved thing of history especially for like musicians in new york so you're based out of the bronx currently right yeah cool and you go i I know. I feel like this is so weird because I do like so much research. <laughs> I feel like no, I'm like. I mean, that's 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 what's up, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you go to Pratt Institute. Yeah. That's in Brooklyn, right? Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. So like, so what's like? Um, I'm I'm native to the suburbs, but I go to school in the city too. I go to school at um Pace University. What's like the music scene like from like Bronx and Brooklyn? 
Um, well, I will say they're very different scenes for sure. Um, but they're, I mean, they're active. I mean, they're very just vibrant and like colorful. Um, I, I, um, for the longest time, wasn't really like involved in any of like my local scenes just because I didn't really know how. Um, and then I sort of like slowly found my way through like doing open mics. Like once, once the first album came out in like 2018, I, I hadn't ever really considered the aspect of like performing this stuff. It was very much like a thing that I was like, you know, in my bedroom, just throwing songs, you know, together, trying to make something. And th back then I was working on my own. Now I, I work with, um, with my friend Cole, who's like a big part of like the production and he plays drums. And so that was like another part, like, you know, performing more. But over like that period of time, I started getting into going to open mics and stuff. So I would just search for spots like all around the Bronx and Manhattan and all the boroughs except for Staten Island, I guess. <laughs> and, you know, you start to like see a lot of the same people, you know, it, you, it's a very small kind of scene. So you, you see people all over the place, you know, this venue, this venue. And eventually that led into a friend of mine asking if um, they hosted this open mic. And a few weeks later, they're like, do you want to play like a show for this thing I'm, I'm putting together? And that was like my first, you know, thing. So I was like, hell yeah, like, let's, let's do it. And from there, it's just been a thing that's just kind of snowballed. Like I still, still never really got to do like, really get into the live stuff. That was going to be this year, you know, and things that happen. For sure. But yeah. To answer the question, to describe the scene, um, it's just huge. I mean, it's small, but like the amount of like talent and the amount of bands, just everybody's in so many bands. <laughs> and people really just do it. I mean, people, you know, they host shows in their houses, their own garages, their their basements. And it's a real sort of DIY thing. You know, it's like if somebody wants to to do a show here, they usually will find a way you know so i think that's pretty cool that is really cool are there like any um any favorite venues that you've played a show at favorite venue um let's see probably gold sounds in uh in bushwick that's like a great venue i love that place um their heart bar was really nice they like closed down like towards the beginning of the pandemic and one more bohemian grove is a great great basement venue i was like supposed to play there like in like april or something like oh, that. oh man and it never happened but like i love that place it's just like so just dingy <laughs> it's like <laughs> under this person's house and you just go and it's it's a basement and it's great you hit your head <laughs> like moshing and you just have a good time you know <laughs> That's like the that immaculate underground vibe. I love that so much. It's just like a literal underground music. <laughs> like I love basement venues. That's like so cool. Yeah, April is like unfortunate because like I remember I had two shows scheduled for April and like I was like promoting it. I'm looking back on like my uh, my Instagram page. I had like a saved story like promoting the show. I'm like, oh wow, that never happened. <laughs> yeah, play a it's bar. Rough. Yeah, you know what though? Um, some current events for for uh, this show and then whatever comes out probably this week. Um, they just passed uh, in the new COVID relief bill. They're passing the save yeah. our stages. So hopefully, hopefully that'll give some uh, some relief to a lot of the venues that need it right now. 
definitely. I mean, I just really hope we like leave this whole thing with like having some venues left. You yeah, know? I mean, that, that's, so that's many like my biggest fear. Shut down. Yeah, yeah. There was um, I'm not a big uh, Queens person, but uh, there was a venue that I played once like years and years ago. Um, I'm trying to remember what the name was. It Revolution Hall Music Hall, I think. It was in Queens somewhere. Yeah. yeah, they just closed down um due to COVID. I'm like, ah, oh, it's such a bummer. That was like a cool venue. So yeah, I got my biggest fear for me, it's the knitting factory. That's like uh that's the venue that oh, I played yeah. at a lot. And I'm like, oh, if that closes, I'm gonna be so sad. <laughs> oh, knitting <laughs> factories. Okay. It's interesting. I def it's one of those places I've never gotten to play it, but I really would love to. But, like, anytime I've always gone there, I don't know if this is, like, other people's experience, but they're so mean there. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, like, I really want to play, but just the vibes are always so off, you know, at least until you get in. <laughs> I got lucky. Um, when I was, like, just before I had moved to the city for my first year of college, um, I got, like, this random phone call from this guy from California who I did not recognize, but I picked up. This is one of the rare instances where I picked up the phone. Something was telling me to. And uh, it was a booking agency from California that we're now super buddy-buddy with. Um, and they were looking for a bunch of New York artists to book for, like, a show at the Knitting Factory. And I'm like, the Knitting Factory? So I'm like, yo, that's, like – way above my pay grade absolutely i would love to play the knitting factory and um they do like uh we, we go through them for saturday saturday uh not saturday uh sunday matinee shows so it's like the you get the the under 21 all ages crowd but it's still yeah. the pictures look great so <laughs> you get to say you get to put that on the the band's resume um so speaking of like so like speaking of the band and stuff um so your it's your music is you and just your one friend right yeah, me and Cole, we, we do all of it. That is so impressive because there is so much sound on your guys' like recordings. Like that is such a, like a big and full sound. Like I, I respect that. Like I think uh, I, I've been in bands where there were four or five people and I struggle to make it sound like even somewhat full and two guys ripping it up on your tracks. Um, so like what's the, the recording process kind of like? Um, so really, we, we tend to have the recording process kind of like um, change a lot, depending on like what the song needs and how we want to approach it. Um, but I'd say like the two biggest, you know, commonalities is um, for like Pressure Bomb, for example, um, that that was a song that I produced like almost entirely, like, because it just kind of came out, I started the demo and all the stuff just like, you know, there's like the keys, the strings and the horns, all of it just came together. And then that was something that I brought to Cole and we we're like, what should we do with this? And then he was like, not a whole lot. We should just finish it, <laughs> you know? So he, he went in, he played the live drums and it sounded crazy. Um, you know, did final vocals. He'll, he loves synths, you know, he's very into that stuff. So I just kind of had like some synths in there that I was like, oh, these are cool. And he was like, I think I can make these better for sure. And so that's like, on the I guess on the end where I'm doing a lot of it and then another example would be way on the other ends um needed a change of pace which came out recently that was a song where I had this demo it was actually originally for the last EP and like scheduling just didn't have time to finish it but it was literally just like a couple of little synth pads and like a guitar bit and like a beginning melody and that was it 
um, or beginning lyrics and melody. And I just brought him this like 15 second thing and we sat in his studio and we were like, let's just make a song from this, you know? So we just like stripped it down, started over and we basically created like an entire instrumental together from in like two sessions or something like that. And that was something where it was very just us like throwing stuff at it and like bouncing ideas off of each other until it became a song. And then I go home, do the vocals, do some horns, probably like program in anything I want to do. So yeah, that's probably the the two ends of, of how we work. That's pretty cool. So like when you're recording, it's kind of also like the writing process intertwined with it. Yeah, for sure. Because like I kind of come from more of like a production background than like writing. So the two like very much happen like along with each other. That is so sick. So like what um when you're recording, like do you use like a specific DAW or do you use several ones? Like what's your like um your preferred program? Oh yeah, I'm I'm a big FL Studio guy. That's been like my DAW of choice since like seventh grade or something. Interesting. Like I think you I think that's the first FL Studio answer I've got for that question. That's cool. Oh yeah. I mean it was one of those <laughs> so the reason I, I use it is because um my teacher introduced me to it in like middle school and it was just really easy to pirate you know so like I <laughs> sometimes home. it's like that <laughs> yeah so I was like oh I'll just like get the full version you know off of like some sketchy website and use it for like years until I, I upgraded that's cool too like I, it's funny because that's like um my bassist does a lot of producing now he's like starting to learn and uh his big thing he's like a big Ableton fan but um <laughs> it's so funny because so much stuff when you're trying to get into especially like anything to do in the music industry it's just so needlessly expensive <laughs> like oh, yeah. so needlessly oh, expensive so I, it's just like always like I, that's like sometimes that's how it is it's like looking for cracked versions of stuff for sure and i'll say i've spent close to zero dollars making music <laughs> that is one of the greatest accomplishments <laughs> Yeah, I mean, at this point, it's become it's come to a point where like I want to put more money into it, but I I think now like through doing so much with like so little, I I think I've really kind of learned to like economize and like get the most out of it. So like, and I think it's you know especially working with Cole, I think that's something we're always thinking about. Like, what's like the the best thing we can get out of whatever we happen to have? So, yeah. Whenever we have actual money, I'm sure it'll just amplify that. <laughs> I feel that. No, it's also like, it's crazy because um, before like COVID hit, uh, live shows was like my primary source of income through music. It was like, yeah, let's sell t-shirts. Let's sell stickers and pins. Like all the merch is like, that's like the sales. And if anything, we might make on ticket sales. Uh, so now it's just like, whoa, I have to rely on my streams for money. Oh my, god. oh my god forget it at this rate maybe i can retire in like 600 years <laughs> yeah, it sounds about right yeah but no that's cool you you've got some some pretty impressive stream counts too on your on your spotify page so like when you're writing something like when it's ready to be released like what's the like the promotional stage like for you Oh, first of all, I love the promotional stage. I know a lot of like bands and like artists, they hate it. You know, they're like, I just want to make my music and just like, like I'm, I'm tired. I just want to put out the song, but I love that stuff. You know, if, I think if I weren't doing music, I would be like, like a marketing person or something. <laughs> but um, so yeah, a lot of the time the promotion, I'll finish a project. 
I a lot of the time I'll be thinking about the promotion stuff before we even finish the song, um, especially if it's for like a bigger project. But usually it'll just kind of be like, what is like a creative sort of like eye-catching way that I can make this, you know, like grab people's attention, I guess. Cause like, you know, I do like a lot of visual art. So I'm always thinking about like, what's the visual aspect of this? Cause I know, I know the way I listen to music and it's not very often I just see like a link floating around and click it, you know, it's usually cause like I see something really striking and like, I can't forget it. And that's how like I get into an artist a lot of the time, like it's their promo photos or their music videos. So yeah, it's, it'll usually be me thinking about a music video. I love that stuff. <laughs> That's pretty sick, too. I mean, you have... Uh, how many music videos have you actually made? Oh, man. I mean, honestly, not a whole lot of music videos. I mean, there's like a handful. You know, maybe like five. Something. That's still... That's five more than me, so... that's <laughs> No, yeah, that's... uh, Yeah, I remember... I think I actually... I think I found your track knives are dangerous like right when it came out too and like you have like um i have it hold on i have it right here you got like these uh awesome like the canvas animations for it up so like how do you like like how does that go along like when you're like when you're creating that like you get like a just something just like kind of pop into your head like this is what i want to for it to like display look like yeah it all kind of like happens together like pretty much as i'm writing the song the visual stuff is usually kind of like feeding into it or sometimes it'll even be the opposite where i have like an image in my head and i'm trying to make it sound like that so for that song um that song is actually maybe a good example to to talk about just because we were running in very very limited time so like i had this like you know big grand idea like i always do and i was like well i need something i can actually do you know like this i have maybe a few days so that was something where it really came down to like i needed to make something fast so it was like it was a lot of 3d animation using like sets and stuff i had already created i reuse assets sometimes um i was making some stuff for class you know so i brought that in i like distorted it and added like some text over it and just sort of like made it fit into whatever i wanted the aesthetic to be really and that was like right when Spotify Canvas came out. So I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's it's very impressive. You have like a very consistent like aesthetic that's going on through the album art and through any of the canvases and also the sound. Like I, I really do love that theatric sound. It's a very unused, like untapped sound. I feel like I've never heard another artist with that kind of a unique just blend of different genres um so you you said you use the word theatrical a lot like do you have any of like a theater background by any chance a little bit yeah um so theater was like I think of I didn't do a whole lot I did it for like a year but that was really where I kind of like had a bit of a breakthrough musically so like before pre-theater I guess I I was mostly doing like electronic music I was producing you know like dance stuff and EDM and I was slowly starting to figure out that I wanted to try my hand at like writing songs and doing lyrics. And I just didn't know how to sing, you know, and it was, some, it was terrifying, you know, it's just one of those things where if you don't sing and like you see other people doing it, you're like, oh God, like, <laughs> that'd be cool, but not for me, you know? Um, and then eventually I was like, well, if I want to write, I got to sing, you know? So 
I, I spent a lot of time recording myself, trying to get comfortable with my voice. And then I accidentally joined theater. Um, so that happened. And I ended up, I was designing sets and I spent so much time just like listening to them rehearse while I was painting that I was like, like, I have to try this, you know? I, Cause it's one of those things where you think it happens like by magic. But like, you know, hearing them day one, I mean, they, they sounded good, but they didn't sound great, you know? Yeah, they were not like together fun. later on, yeah. Yeah, most people in high school theater are like trained vocalists, but like, you know, you start, start end and you're like, man, like they sound like a company, you know, they're amazing. So I, I that kind of made me feel like I could do it. So next year, senior year, actually, my last opportunity, I was like, it's now or never. I try out for the musical and I like remember the director like looking at me after I had auditioned. I'm like shaking, <laughs> like singing this little like you know thing. And he was like, "I am like so pissed off at you for waiting until like, your <laughs> last musical to audition." And I'm like, I'm, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know I could do it. You know? <laughs> so after that, I just that just created so much confidence that I needed to like write the first album and kind of get into you know thinking I could do music. And you do it well. I mean, that's like, that's such a cool story too. Cause I mean, that takes me back to like, I, I was a, unfortunately a theater nerd when I was in high school. <laughs> um, so like, I wasn't like a theater nerd, nerd. Like my, my philosophy was like, um, if I am in the show, I will learn everything about it. But if I'm not in the show, I probably haven't heard of it. Um, so I like, I dabbled in, at least in high school theater. Um, but like, I was, I'll never forget. Like I, did four auditions for the musicals. I did four auditions for the plays that I also did. I did both. Um, and I just remember it was so nerve wracking. It just, it never got easier. Like, you know, like there's sometimes they tell you like, ah, oh, you know, like as you, as you do it more, you'll, you'll get more confident. You'll just know. I'm like, I got confident in my ability to do things over the years, but like auditions never became easy for me. I was always like my, my, uh, I was always in this mental battle to just not have my legs shake as I'm standing in front of people. And I'm like, the second, uh, like you walk down, down the stage and I'm just like, all right, my legs will buckle if I don't keep it calm and collected right now. Um, yeah, that takes me back. And yeah, no, theater is interesting too, because I mean, I'm definitely not like a hardcore theater geek, but there is so much that I learned through theater, especially with vocal techniques that just like when I'm singing and, and even my music, which is so not theater. Um, but it's like, I still use those techniques and a lot of that stage presence carries over. It's just crazy how it's like a different world that still is so much the same. Yeah, for sure. It was almost this thing where I felt like I had found like a place where I belonged in a sense. Cause I was like, I like even on stage, even though I was really nervous and like scared of like looking dumb, you know, I still kind of like, it felt right, you know? And I think like realizing that that felt right and that it, it, cause it was attainable was like a really big thing for me just mentally just in life too that like hey you could just try stuff you know it'll, yeah. it'll work out if you try it enough absolutely and that brings me to my last question um so do you have anything coming up on the horizon that you'd like to promote right now oh yeah let's see so i mean we just released a new single um it's called needed a change of pace and that um that's been a wild time um, it's about to be like our biggest song. It's been like three weeks. 
Great. And to follow that up, right now we're working on album two. I'm just going to say that. That's cool. hopefully coming sometime next year. But in the meantime, we've got a couple more singles to release. So we're going to be back at it, I think, like in the new year, probably January, February, and then do another one and then big, big things, <laughs> you know? Very exciting. Congratulations on your current single, too. I mean, that's so exciting. Three weeks is crazy timeline for you to be, for that's already be looking like it's the biggest song. I know. This 2020 is just a weird year. This weird <laughs> stuff continues to happen. <laughs> absolutely well that's all the questions that i have so thank you so much for doing this i was so excited to do this uh let's see what song are we going to put in for for this week's episode let's throw in actually i needed to change i needed to change the face because perfect (laughs) new song awesome um thank you so much for doing this once again this has been jariah claire and check out all of his music on all streaming platforms and their art because super cool um take care everyone and as far as this week goes happy holidays I'm so glad I woke up today A different life in a brand new place I think I maybe outgrew the last I needed a change of pace Now my time of what my burdens say They've been left behind and that's where they will stay But the seed they put my hands kept clean I needed a change of
Once again, that track was called Needed a Change of Pace by the very talented artist Uriah. So happy that I got to sit down with him and do that interview, and I hope to have him back on the show sometime. I am such a huge fan of his work now. Uh, so talented, not just a musician, also an artist. You should totally check out his portfolio. Check out everything he does. I I genuinely I have become such a massive fan. Uh, I'm so happy I got to, to have him on the show. And uh, with it being the Christmas season, I think it would only be making sense to talk about my Christmas song coming out tomorrow. That's right. I have a Christmas track coming out tomorrow, uh, hopefully, God willing, on Spotify. Uh, But it definitely will be coming to YouTube, and we have a little awful music video that we made with it. Um, So I hope you guys enjoy that. It's actually a cover of a cover. we covered I Wish It Was Christmas Today, which if you are um, Saturday Night Live trash like me and Michael are, uh, you might recognize the the skit featuring uh, a young Tracy Morgan and Jimmy Fallon. Um, Michael actually had the idea, and I'm very glad he suggested it. We tried to do a Christmas EP, but it didn't end up... We, we ran short on time. We, we did this very last second, so I'm glad we got anything done, and this is... Honestly, a really fun song that I'm really glad uh, we got finished, and I'm really excited for uh, for people to hear. And our first technical music video, though I shouldn't proudly boast that, based on the quality of our music video. Um, but yeah, uh, if you didn't know, because I didn't know until I looked it up, uh, Cheap Trick uh, covered the saturday night live song i think it's a cover man i don't know like the origins of this i every time i look up the origin of this song it says that it's saturday night live who wrote it so i think saturday night live wrote it but um whatever whatever the history of this track fucking is uh we covered the cheap trick version basically kind of spun it to be our own version too um, so it's a little bit shorter than the Cheap Trick version, and it's a very Spitfire Christmas greeting. Uh, I was very excited to record this track, and, uh, hopefully next year you'll have some more stuff for us to listen to around the holiday season, hoping for a full EP of five songs at least, uh, and that's, uh, the, the optimistic plans, but, um, yeah, yesterday... Uh, in fact, it was yesterday, just yesterday, uh, me, Jake, and Michael, members of my band, all went to these baseball fields by my house, froze our asses off, and wore some matching Christmas sweater vests, and we did a little video. Uh, it was very embarrassing. If you follow me on TikTok or Snapchat, you would have seen this, my, my rants about this, but, uh, not my rant, just my shock. Uh, as I pulled into these baseball fields, there were two teenagers making lust in the parking lot. Um, also, what an amateur move. In broad daylight, come on, guys. At least pick a shady spot. Um, I don't condone that. I don't condone that. I absolutely don't condone that. Don't, don't do that. Um, but, um... Yeah, that was mortifying. Uh, I drove in, I locked eyes with the girl, and I was like, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. And I had to pull my car around so that uh, I'm definitely not facing them in any which way. And they didn't even leave. They finished. Good for them, I mean. But, oh, my God, the gall, the confidence. Like, they they know that someone saw them, and they... 
they finished. Um, they were there for quite some time after that. And, like, Jake even got there. And I'm, like, telling him, like, well, like, pulling our cars next to each other. I'm like, Jake, they're fucking in that car over there. And he's like, no fucking way. Uh, but they left by the time Michael got there. And then we froze our asses off. Um, me and Jake did not realize we could have waited in our cars for Mike in the heat. So we shivered outside for a good 20 minutes. Um, not our brightest moment, but it happened. You know, smile because it happened. So without without more uh, interruptive talking from me, uh, let's close this week's episode out with I Wish It Was Christmas Today by my band Spitfire. Have a lovely and safe Christmas, everybody. If you celebrate it, stay warm, stay cozy. Hope you get great gifts, and I hope you spend some quality time with the people in your home or wherever you're quarantining with. Um, so, yeah. Uh, Merry Christmas, everyone.